Welcome to the Mindful Surfer podcast with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam, the 510 foamy shredder, just now two foot, Zidmouth Morgan. Yeah. On his, it is a 510, it is, yeah, 510 foamy. Mate, you had a great surf. You had, there was some bangers. I wish I'd had a camera. I've had this a lot in surf, where it's like, oh, just a camera, just then, when you see a friend. You were taking off beautiful red cliffs that we have in this part of the world that go all the way around the the, the bay of well, Jacobs going around into Ladrum towards Exmouth. Do some Googling, guys. If you're from abroad and you don't know what we're talking about. The Jurassic Coast. The Jurassic Coast. Um, and you, a, there are a few dinosaurs knocking about. There, as well. are, there are. There are. We do actually. And you were taking off and you had the cliffs there and the sun was coming down and it was a perfect two foot wave, but it was had a beautiful shape behind it this kind of A-framey thing that we talk about in surf, which is where you kind of got your your real strong bit, which is higher, leading into a, a gentler bit. So it sort of looks like a, well, like, an, like a really long A, but it was paling behind you and you were just taking off on that with the sun and it just looked spectacular. And I think that the thing with the light in winter is actually when you get a sunny afternoon slash evening, whatever you want to call it, it's, it's more spectacular, the light. Certainly in the sea, it I is. find. I was thinking that last night because I've had a surf drought, as you know, because been been caning work uh, for all of the pressures that comes with it because we don't just mm-hmm. surf for a living, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I got back, uh, well, to cut a very long story short, I got back last night, been to see the rugby at Twickenham. That's another story um, about sporting disappointment and energy and intensity and all that jazz. Um, but there'd been a rail replacement bus service, which is not the best for a, a, a slight hangover and all that sort of jazz, but managed to get back in time for a sunset surf in late November. And it was stunning. The light, because it had been clear day, hadn't it? And the crowds had gone. I was looking at the cams on the way back on the train, envious of the wave, but also could see how many people were in. So I got in for that, just that last 30 minutes, and it was lovely. But I did think... Thank God we live in the UK, because otherwise I'd be shark food. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, when you're in South Africa, springs to mind, uh, uh, Australia, in particular West Australia, or South, uh, I mean, they get a fair few sharks to the whole bloody Australia, don't they? Um, And then California springs to mind, South America, places, Mexico. There are so many spots around the world that are sharky. and as soon as you head up towards Europe, it gets kind of interesting because you think, well, why, why are we not as sharky? Um, and I'm sure a, a marine biologist better tell us, but um, there has been suspicion that the UK has the perfect environment for even like, you know, proper great whites. Well, there's whatever. always a... But they just never migrate white, this way. There's always a great white sighting every summer, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Because they even have tons of... I mean, I don't know if they have great whites on the east coast of America. So the Atlantic does have... Yeah, great whites, but yeah. So we we are very blessed like that. We go in the water; it's dark, getting dark, and you or, or it's a dawny, and we don't have ever have to think of that in in our heads. But but I think about it. <laughs> but it's one of those ones where, yeah, if you're listening to this and you do have sharky waters, listen, I, Hats I, off. I don't I don't envy you. But at the same time, um, it's this thing. It's a bit like, you know, a surfer's going in the water. We're managing risk just by doing that alone let alone uh, other things like um, there being other surfers in the water or, or sharks or other hazards that could take place. But when you're living life fully, you just go in with 
this mindset that says I'm going to just enjoy myself. And you, when your mind does drift off, which it can do and probably will do, into fear and fear of what if, just notice it, let it pass, um, get back to to doing what you're doing. In the experience that I've had in Sharky Waters, there is absolutely no denying on trips that I've been on um, that it's 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 something that you don't think about when you're actually surfing. But when you sit still in the lineup and the water gets a little darker and it's, dusk is setting in and so on, um, that that is it adds an edge to, to everything you're doing because you 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 know that if you're just in the wrong place at the wrong time, um, then your numbers might be up. But it's, it's you know, some people like that because it adds to this whole adrenaline sport that we love. This kind of the or, yeah, it gives it an edge or so naivety or, or youth. Because na- when I totally ninety eight in Oz, I went to Byron Bay and I remember putting some fins on and going for a swim. I got further and further out. And I looked down, I could see all these like divers, and then I thought, "You're in Australia. <laughs> this is you might be you might be shark food." And I I think my time from uh, you know open ocean back to beach must have been world world record beating. My, the, once the realization <laughs> kicked in, where I was. <laughs> yeah, you, you just hear what? the sort of Jaws theme tune in my head. I, I had. Um... I'd, I've had a few shark stories, but my my biggest my one that stands out the most is my Bali one, where I'd I'd gone in at a spot called Nusa Dua, which a lot of people who've been to Bali would know. I was there in winter and it was it was pumping, beautiful Nusa Dua, maybe double overhead. One other guy in by the time I got out there and had this great surf, and then as dust started settling in and it was getting darker, um, I was sat near this bloke and I um just beyond him, maybe only ten meters beyond him, there was these fins in the water slashing around this sort of dorsal fin situation and then i saw that a, a tail come out now now dorsal fin is one thing um but it's when you see the tail that it's another another thing entirely because you sort of you go oh dolphin dolphin oh no because you see that the tail come out and it's got that amazing shape that shark tail and um I, we sort of worked out there were two of them and i sort of put my feet on my board and this, um, I said, I, t- I said to this guy nearby, I said, oh, I hope, th- I hope they're dolphins, like jokingly, because I kind of had worked out they're sharks by this point. And in a French accent, he just went, they are sharks. And like, as in, so what? I don't care. I, I, and I just looked and said, right, I'm going in. I am going in. And I remember going in, I just boogie boarded in, freaking out, obviously. And I'm going in, going in, going in like this, with holding onto my board, uh, like boogie boarding. And then... I hit this random bit of seaweed sort of reef stuff that I, I hadn't, hadn't expected. It was out sticking out of the water. And I hit it and it felt like, now for a split, maybe half a second, I thought I was getting smashed from underneath by a shark. So it was just unbelievable. I definitely had a little bit of soil in the, uh, in the bodies afterwards and obviously would have evacuated my bladder as well. Who knows what else, but yeah. Um, well, that's what it, it's amazing to feel so instinctively not at the top of the food chain when you're in those environments. Yeah, yeah. You're you're prey, aren't you? Rather than yeah. the usual apex predator that humans have become by virtue yeah. of technology and whatever yeah. else. You're you are a sitting, a sitting kook, just there waiting there. <laughs> Never mind, like sitting that. duck. <laughs> <laughs> you you are a kook cookie. I think if you get bitten by a shark or something, you, uh, hopefully some sort of surf line cam has got the last wave that you surfed. Did, did you see that? I, really I totally hope time. so. And I've got to take my hat off to Mick Fanning for what he went through. If you've never seen the Mick Fanning 
footage of Jaybay, um, please check it out. If you just want to see, I think a couple of things. One, Mick Fanning going through what he went through and then the interview that he has uh, with the WSL afterwards, which I think is really profound. Um, but also uh, the Julian Wilson situation, which really, really just sends sh- shivers down my back in terms of sheer bravery for for a friend. And he's, he's seen him go through what he's going through. So he's, obviously he's just all kicking off. And then Julian just starts gunning towards the, the situation rather than away from to help, to help out his friend. And that's just, wow. You just sort of, oh. Yeah, it's that's, re- it is remarkable. That's bravery for you. Although, anyway. although of all the surfers, the, pro, the famous surfers, the ones who've made a living from it, that you would expect would be able to punch a shark in the face. I think Mick Fanny's, <laughs> if I was going <laughs> to yes. put a bet on, I'd put my money on Fanny. I would too. He's got serious pecs, <laughs> hasn't he? He's a big boy. He's a proper like, he looks like he, play, he could play rugby. Oh, you, that vibe you, you want to bite me, do you, mate? I'll fucking show you. <laughs> we haven't done a fanning impression before. We haven't, actually. That's and quite for the good, very reason that he good... punches you square in the face. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'll see him in an event and he'll just walk straight up to you uh, and just twat you one. Hey, boys, are you the mindful servers? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you what I did to the shark. <laughs> I wonder if he's mates with, my, with Minus Dave. Because <laughs> we've not had Minus Dave on for no, a while, have we? No, no. Good old Fanny. No, he's he's brilliant. And, and well done for um, making that. Uh, I don't think he did it by hand. But going back to what you said at the beginning of the show, and I go on about this board quite a lot, uh, if everyone wants to send me a free leash or something uh, for it, uh, is the um, the little Marley, the Mick Fanning foamy. You know, as I say, I don't know if he hand, it's not handcrafted by Mick himself. But he's a, unlikely. He, he's uh, he's certainly had a hand in telling people maybe how to make it. But it's brilliant, 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 fun board. Yeah, I recommend uh, it to that, anybody. That that board has definitely not been hand shaped, but one hundred percent by a machine, probably in Taiwan. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, with, with anything like this, you know, it's it's so easy to judge how people run a business in surf, let's say, because it's, a, it's, a, it's quite a, a woke sport at times when people are trying to be eco and, you know, forward thinking and like what the name of our show, the mindful surfer and so on. But at the end, end, end of the day, he's got to make his boards, doesn't he? I expect they are made. Well, I think the serious point on that is that you, it's, as long as you have the best intentions and you're going forward and trying to totally, things, you know, it brings me back to the, so it's that judgment, isn't it? And part of that kind of journey of, enlightenment, mindfulness, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, I, we always like to say this is like a show about mindfulness, but without the scented candles and tree hugging. I think somebody once said that to us. And, and, and I like that, you know, it's got to be about, you can be deep, but it doesn't mean you have to be serious all the time. And we live in a world, and surfing sometimes epitomizes that with regards to judgment. Um, that happened again. I don't, know why, I don't know why my phone... Uh, rings when I've turned off the ring. I did drop it earlier and it looks to is be it, is it quite, Machado? Quite, quite broken. Machado um, but no, unfortunately not. Uh, <laughs> but it is about judgment, isn't it? And, and so uh, we live in a place where we've completely forgotten the concept of, you know, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones and that old biblical thing about let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Because everybody's very quick to cast the first stone or to cast judgment on other other people, especially in surfing. But as long as we're all just trying our best and moving forward and doing whatever it is to, you know, try and 
live by a, 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 an honourable code, if you like, then that's all you can do. Uh, and uh, and actually, if you drop the judgment, people probably would do a better job of it. So true, pal. I had this the other day in the surf. Um, being super honest, this bloke that paddled out slightly frustrated me. So I had made a snap judgment about how he is as a, as a human because he'd, with a two-mile beach, paddled of, of any other place on the deep beach he could have gone to. He paddled right up to where I was surfing. And your mind wanders and it it, it wandered off into... What the fuck is this guy doing? <laughs> and um, after some time, and I and I did I, I did become that grumpy surfer a little bit because I was having a great surf. I was like, Jesus, what is this person doing? Um, and then with that stubbornness in me to not speak to him because I found him frustrating the way that he'd done this, I kind of had to just notice that and let go of it because it was going to affect my surf. And I sparked us sparked up some conversation. And just said, hey, how you know? Have you had any good ones or something like that? And he then opened up and said, oh, yeah, no, I've, I've had a couple. It's, it's a bit sloppy, though, in there. He was, came up with a couple of comments. And straight away, there was this beautiful wave that neither of us had seen for at least 10 minutes um, that came in. And he had it, and I gave him a whoop and said, go, you, like that. And he took off on this left and had a long, long one. Um, longest one, I think, that had been ridden in I don't know like an hour or something and inside of me I went oh that's that's fucking that's cool man that whole thing that happened you know just chatting with someone that I'd never met and and, and letting go of my old kind of past bullshit self about where you should paddle out on the beach and yada yada I mean I wouldn't do that but that listen we're all different maybe he wanted this, the security and safety of okay actually I want to surf near someone whatever that and that's great but letting, letting go of it, it, was, it felt nice. And then seeing him get that wave, it felt nice too. I was like, yeah, cool. And then, of course, because of that, the vibe is going up. And, and then there was another bombing left and I got on it. And actually, the whole session kind of took off after that. It, it was one of those great examples. And, but we all do that. We all make this kind of pre-judgment, this snap judgment, which is human. So let's not try and pretend that we're not just human like that. When you've never met someone and certainly the surf environment that we're in, we've all got these egos which is, again, human and normal and so on. And the question then becomes, well, how do we cut through ego in surf? And how do we cut through judgment? And it's just to notice it in yourself, that we all do it. As soon as you yeah. notice it in yourself, you're reminding yourself that it's okay to have that mind that's going, oh, why is that person over there on a sandal paddleboard coming near me? Or why is this person here doing that on their board and missing waves and kind of maybe cooking it up and whatever. And we're all looking around at each other, aren't we? We're all sort of, and, we, and we've all got this filter. It's not just a pure lens of mindfulness. Of course it's not. We're, not, we're not perfect. It's this lens that's filtered. It's filtered into, well, they're a long border and they're a short border and that person's a bit of a grom and that person's over there is, is maybe looking older and not going to get many waves and so on. But in the end, when you just notice the mind that's doing that, that is the, the mindfulness journey. The, the mindfulness journey isn't, oh, I'm going to be perfect when I go into the water and I'm going to be perfectly spiritual. That is an absolute shit show. That's a, that's a complete myth. It doesn't exist. The Dalai Lama himself would say, if he, was, if he actually was to surf, he'd probably fucking rip, by the way, because he'd be so calm. He'd <laughs> be fucking, Dalai Lama would be throwing buckets of spray over everybody. But that's another whole thing. But he, he wouldn't have a dry robe. It, <laughs> That's really good, dude. <laughs> oh, that's nice. If he did, it'd be really, it'd be orange. orange, may, really may, orange. Hey, maybe we don't, something's coming because, you know, 
Don't forget O'Neill is saying that their new wetsuit is mindful design. That's we still haven't heard from them. I hope they've heard from our lawyers, Will. That's that's true. They have stolen our mindful Mindful design word. in a wetsuit. We're like Great. the first on the planet to have ever used the word mindful before. I know. You know, so Don't let anybody tell you any different. We're the patent on mindful, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> You're right, though. Judgment is judgment. Labels, isn't it? That's the thing. We love a label. And society loves a label. Which camp do you fall into? Are you a short border, long border, left, right, up, down, whatever. A label. And then you're forever thus defined by that label. And, um, well, that's, that's a sort of root road to unhappiness as well. Because if you define yourself by one particular thing, and even if you apply that to surfing and life, either you're short border or you identify with a particular view of the world, well, that limits you to exploration of change and, you know, O- an open approach to accepting everything. And uh, yeah, I'm guilty of it. <laughs> but the more you kind of realise that, there's sort of these arbitrary boundaries and these arbitrary labels that are, uh, you're encouraged to, to hold. And a lot of it's linked to ego, as you say, as well. You know, what are you? Uh, and if you defend that position so hard, then it's because you're protecting your own image and your own view of what that thing is. Uh, and that that's right there in the surfing, you know, how dare that paddleboarder be? And we've, we've said it, you know, we've had fun about it on the show, but everybody's got a right to get in and have the best time they can in the water. And we'll be reminded of that the next time. <laughs> it's, it's fucking so true, dude. I, I, on the stand up paddleboarder thing, cause I'm sure a lot of you listening stand up paddleboard and that's great. And, and listen, I've, you know, we, we all I think the thing we've got to remember is that we all have the same goal. And we've said this before on the show that we, everyone is out there with the exact same goal. And that's a really, just step back and have a think about that for a second. Um, because we, we love to separate, separate him from her and me from them. And, you know, right, he said like up and down, right from wrong, so on and so forth. Um, and we're so fucking righteous. Like, oh, I'm doing it the right way because I'm on this craft and you're like what the fuck man <laughs> make sure you go it's feel just better. a massive fucking ocean and everyone's farting around in it um but you know it's 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 part of the journey you just you just you just become more mindful of it as time goes on but i think that it's being the change you want to see in the world that's the hardest thing to do let's 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 really get get to the crux of what that is because you know when people are being unconscious in the water which they will be you'll you'll encounter it inevitably how can you remain calm paddle away you know move further in and and change your mindset and stay mindful and be be that change you want to see in the world it, it, it is hard because people <clears throat> can be awfully trigger, triggering at times certainly if they're hogging waves um not not respecting etiquette you know maybe surfing near young people or, or riding equipment that's maybe a little bit more dangerous and so on it it, it can be um a, a triggering process and of course it inevitably probably will be certainly if you're you know a mindful kind of character but then being the change um is is the next big step and that's when i think we grow the most we we don't grow through all of our successes and wins and so on and so forth it's when we actually are dealing with a, a trigger of some kind whether that's you know other people in the water or it could be an injury for yourself or it could be um a lack of confidence or whatever it might be when you deal with those things those harder times the more challenging times the growth that takes place through that is the absolute ingredient that leads to more and more joy more and more success more and more wins you don't really get all that good stuff without going through the more challenging stuff because that's how you grow that's how you become more aware 
And um, well, th- that that links back to surfing too, doesn't it? More you, the more you, and indeed enlightenment by but you know whatever those kind of Taoist philosophies are that the the struggle through that through that sort of effort and a bit of pain and you know however that is physical or metaphorical you find a moment of clarity and flow and joy and euphoria but that won't last forever either and you'll have to repeat that process again and again and again and that's the thing that i find i mean even look just looking at people listen to this work you know and you 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 find that sort of ebb and flow and it's you you think it's you think you've achieved something and then well the universe will say no hang on a minute that you've got to do this again and you've got to go again and again and again and repeat that discipline of our effort process making something you know putting your best intentions into something and it will feel like you're not getting anywhere but eventually there's always a little opening of the clouds and you can sort of see a little bit more, uh, but it's just remember reminding yourself of that that it, nothing's forever. And uh, I'm talking to myself here, by the way. But that's that's something that, particularly when you're on, I know a lot of people write to us and talk about improvements of surfing and uh, how do they get fitter and get better at something. But really, it does require uh, an appreciation of the the idea that there are no shortcuts and there will have to be. Uh, some hard times to achieve those little pockets of um, you know ecstasy almost you know greatness uh, mastery flow but then then you 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 go on from that base camp to somewhere else you've got to you know you might want to keep going um, and you won't you won't be happy you might be happier you've said it a lot will you know and and you, but then it'll 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 ebb and then you've got to go again so true and it's, it's it's how you deal with things and each time you've been through adversity um if you deal with it in the moment and don't try and project too far out into the future or the past but just deal with it in the moment calmly um there's so much to be learned from and, and also that uh, this is a belief i have massively but i think it's something that we could we can all um i think benefit from but it's that look back through your life and look through um and and and, and assess the, the most difficult times you've ever been through and maybe this isn't everybody but maybe this is you know maybe this is more people than you realize but in any of the times where i've been well the universe is taking me to a more challenging place the bit that comes after it is always like aha right it's it's like oh i get it that had to happen because now this is happening and it's always for the best you know it, it at least in, in my experience has been maybe, maybe i'm fortunate in that way maybe it is to do with my mindset or whatever but I feel like the more challenging times I've been through, the bit after is the, oh God, now it, oh, it makes sense because it had to do this to, 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 to go to there and then here is there and then now, now I'm doing this. Oh, yeah. and now it's working like that. It's not to say that sometimes when it lasts longer than you had expected or would like the adversity and the challenge that you don't just start to go, <laughs> come on universe, give me a fucking break. But the thing is, fuck this for a game of soldiers. <laughs> thing is, it doesn't work like that. But it, it, it's like I swear, there's always that good stuff that comes after it. But I had it recently with um, a little injury. It, w- it wasn't a big one, but it was annoying because it took me out of the water. And I, th- I think the last time we recorded this show was just before um, I had that that injury. I don't know if I mentioned it, but I don't think I did. Um, and I went and just went to like a rugby practice. It was I was coaching young kids, and I just sidestepped on very deep mud like strangely deep you know because it was you know with this time of year that we're in and i tweaked my left knee which i've never tweaked before my left it's only my right that's had injuries on 
And it, it just this, this strange tweak in, in, in the side of my knee on the IT band. And I knew the next day uh, that I'd, I'd definitely torn something, like a little micro tear in, in the tendon. So I was definitely out for the next day for surf. And then the next day, I thought, oh, it's maybe feeling a little bit better. I, I'll try and surf. Bad idea. Didn't go down very well. Didn't work at all. And then subsequently, I've really had to manage my way through that tweak since. And um, in the end, it's taught me a huge amount about the little imbalances or actually quite large imbalances that I actually had in my hips and my glutes. And I started reassessing how my glute balance was. And I did some work in the gym doing, you know, my, on my side lunge patterns and how my quads are firing and so on. And now, geez, when I squat and I bend and I twist on my board, it feels better than ever. And particularly on this new board as well, I'm hitting the lip higher and tighter than ever before. I'm, I'm turning better than before because I've really had to go back and get my body stronger again. So there, there's an example, a classic example of you go through an injury, let's say, but you use it as fuel to say, right, okay, well, okay, this has happened, but why? And can I do anything about it that would make me potentially feel stronger when I come back and so on? But yeah, not easy at the time though, not well, easy at the time. I think that's the thing I say. When you're in the fog of it, it's very hard to, even if you have experience of it to give give yourself that advice. It yeah. takes a deep meditative connection with uh, your previous experience to say, I'm going to try my best to let this go and I know that it won't last forever and within the realms of what I should be doing, I'm going to lean into it and see what I can do, but um, it'll all be all right. But, you know, you, the fog of it, as I say, I mean, even just this kind of work thing keeps you out surfing and the stress of the issues that invariably come up through being part of a, uh, a system that needs to kind of, you know, your attention or your time or your energy or you, and <clears throat> you find yourself in that fog and you magnify the issues beyond the here and now into all sorts of future scenarios, which which to an extent you, you might have to model or think about because the nature of things like business is about you know planning and projecting. However, they are all hypothetical. Any modeling or any scenario building is largely hypothetical. And the, the old saying about the best laid plans, uh, you know, and, and or, you know, man makes plans and God laughs at them because there is a moment that you have to say, well, how is, how is this situation now? Are, 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 the, are the issues that I'm facing or the anxieties that I'm facing based on a future version of what might become of this situation rather than the current place that I'm at? And how do I best address this situation from the here and now? And, and if you can start to look at that from a, like a short-termist, and that applies to injuries for surfing, definitely, you go, what can I do today rather than thinking I might never uh, surf again. And actually a big shout out, I haven't caught up recently, but Ben Gravy's injury where he's broken his collarbone and the disappointment, you could see him, he's, uh, you know, interrupts his whole, like it does for us or it would for us. Um, that is a real blow to your pursuit of joy, which you get from those certain microwaves or big waves for Ben. And so you, it's interesting to see how a very mindful guy like that deals with that situation. And, and focuses on the what what can you do today that will make you deal with the situation better. And I think it's allowing yourself to feel what you feel, think what you think, and and it's like a river. Just don't don't create any dams or blockages. Just let those feelings and thoughts flow and be aware of them. 
Um, and it's those four things. It's those sort of that I talk about a lot in the mindfulness teachings that I've done with people over the years, which is which is number one, breathe, two, talk, three, laugh, and four, cry. If you feel like you need to cry, because <laughs> some people do. Um, and those four are the 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 antidote. Um, it's having people to talk to. It's breathing. It's that which is which is the which is the mindfulness training that we talk about, which is we just really hope someone like Ben Gravy is doing right now because when you're going through what he's going through or, or, or even if you're listening to this and you're going through have ever been through a, a layoff from surf for for any particular reason whether it's financial or injury or just time commitments or whatever it might be but it's just to breathe more mindfully in the day and whether that's a meditation practice or a yoga practice or something that just centers you that helps remind you who you really are because who you really are is the essence within this a constant observer, the soul, if you will, some people want to call it that, that is witnessing this outer experience, all the stuff that goes on. And that essence never changes. And it's always there. And it's always comforting. And it's always calming. And it's always within. It's just right there. And there's a wonderful analogy in, in mindfulness teachings, which is that there could be a huge storm going on, like a whirlwind, for example, like a, you know, one of these twisters that you see that's going round and round and round. And when you actually... And they've done this. They've, they've studied this. It's a remarkable um, phenomena in nature that in the very center of the storm is nothing moving. It's just still. And that, that really sort of sums up um, what it means to, to just sit still with no phone, nothing, and just breathe in and breathe out and just be with yourself in that way. It's incredibly um, empowering during uh, any time quite frankly, because even during times where, where everything's going amazingly well on, on every front, it, it, there, there can be that mind that kind of goes, well, oh, you know, what if it stops or runs out? Or, you know, the mind's always going <laughs> to, no matter which way things are going, if things are going more, more challenging times, it, it, it loves to drift out into this, oh, well, when's this going to end? And how long is this going to last for? And, you know, question, question, questions. And then another way is when things are going great, it's like, oh, how long is this going to last? And, you know, Will this, will, you know, is this going to be us forever or what? Like the mind, just one thing we've got to guarantee about the mind. If we can have a thought, it's going to have it <laughs> about fucking anything. <laughs> and it's why when I meet people who are on a really mindful journey, they can say, yeah, fucking my mind thinks of every, like any possible thought it can think of. Yeah, it's, it's thought of it <laughs> um, because they're aware of it. And um, totally. But you can bring yourself back to this sort of place that you need to be, or you can be, you could be, to make it feel all right, you know. But you're right, I've talked to people as well. If you, it's a bit like going on a surf trip, right? Surround yourself with great people who allow you to just, there isn't a label attached to you. You just, just be, just be yourself. Uh, and that might change too, <laughs> you know. It's, it's actually essential to get, you know, if you want the, the van th therapy that we call it, to surround yourself with the right people because some people will, will listen to you um, with their mind and their ego a bit more and other people will listen to you at a deeper level and it will always feel more therapeutic when you're truly being listened to by their essence, by their soul, if you will, or observer, than by someone who's constantly thinking the next thing to say because their mind is overactive. That, yeah. that's, 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 that's harder to be around. And that's why we discussed before on the show, when you're going surfing, I mean, Jesus, so much of surfing is this social thing. You're in a car and you're with other people. Sometimes it might just be totally solo. That's, that's fine. But yeah, so it's bloody important that. That's a good one. You know, that, I, I read that quote this week about that sort of, or an article that included that. So it said, 
you know, I kind of paraphrase it a bit, but you know, it's 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 the difference of being with someone who listens for the sake of listening to allow you to speak, rather than somebody who is just waiting for their chance to reply. You know, whatever they've already thought or it's a, you know, they already know what they're going to say. And sometimes it's just that ability. And well, I make that mistake here as well, right? But, oh, but we're all human, dude. But, but that's it. You kind of you know, if there's a depth to a genuine listening that doesn't even require an answer sometimes does it you know so yeah there we go fucking what an intro dude Woo-hoo, it's all that surf flying through the intro yeah after a great little surf oh it's just getting very chilly now isn't it just a, yeah just, it's woo. it is it is getting chilly hey hope you're enjoying the show if you connect with what we do here at the mindful surfer why not share it with your friends or go on over to itunes and leave us a review because the more ratings we have the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now, let's get back to the show. Doing segment number two, a little bit of mindfulness. So let's take a breath in through the nose, breathe in, and then breathe out of the mouth nice and slowly. And then breathe in again through your nose. And breathe out of your mouth nice and slowly. And do the same thing again, breathing through your nose. And breathe out nice and slowly. Just do one more breath in through your nose. Hold your breath. And breathe out slowly. Great job, guys. Moving on to segment number three, Mind Body Stoke. Things Liam Two. and I. No, it's just three. Second. Just three. I thought we were. I was so mindful. I was like, oh. You were just buzzing in the moment. Still dude. two. Just Still some segment bir- number two. Just looking at some birds flying <laughs> overhead. I was like, oh, oh yeah, this is nice. Um, segment number three, uh, Mind Body Stoke. Things Liam and I have been working on with the mind and body to raise the stoke. Um, my one is, well, mind and body, really. Um, but I just want to mention this, this thing about, about boards. Uh, we've talked a lot about boards recently, um, and I purchased a Puddle Jumper High Performance, P- Puddle Jumper HP, in LibTech. Now, LibTech were pretty heavy, I thought, back in the day. Uh, my brother has one, so big shout out to Toby if you're listening. Got a great board. He's still, it's His is still going. Sick board, round-nosed fish, and that's probably 10 years old now. Not even got, not even got, got a compression yeah, wow, down. Wow, that's good. That's seriously cool that yeah. actually tried and tested. I mean, I remember he got that back in like, oh, I don't even know when he got it. Um, I, I just got one. And the thing is, my buddy Ryan, again, Ryan, big shout out if you're listening. He had his. They, they are, because that's our two listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Toby and Ryan. <laughs> Absolutely. Lads, How many listeners do you have two? Our two listeners. T- t- Toby, Ryan and Kelly Slater. That's the three, li- that's the three isn't it? Um, yeah, because Fanning's not listening anymore Fanning's now. Fanning's not. upset him. Machado, definitely not. Yeah. Biolos, he, he, he's not listening ever. I want them dead. I want the families dead. Want them. <laughs> and Jack O'Neill's up in heaven going, oh, a couple of knobs, those lads. Seriously. I think he's still got the eye patch up in heaven. If he, yeah. yeah he listen to got... us, just assuming that there is a heaven and that yeah. Jack O'Neill's there, but he probably is. Yeah, if, if there is one, he's got the eye patch on for sure. Um, he's probably wearing one of the sleeveless O'Neill ones, the long leg, sleeveless arm on his single fin of some kind. Um, Ryan, 
I saw Ryan, great surf up on the north coast, and I had a little feel under the arm like we like to do, right? You know, you like to put it under the arm. Put it under the arm. And it was his Puddle Jumper HP in a 6.2. Pelled under the arm, I was like, jeez, this is lighter. Really light. So they've changed and they've, they've jazzed up their technology on the Libtex. And long story short, you know, four or five weeks later, I've been through another board, which I then sold, which was the Cali Twin. I just felt like it just... It just was too tight off the top on backside. I wanted a ball that went both ways well. And I stumbled upon this board and I got it in a 6.0, so a little smaller. And my original puddle jumper is 6.1 at 45 litres. And this thing is 6.0 at 39 litres. And it is really, really blowing me away. I, I, I've i had it in two foot waves. It's as small as it's, I've had it in. And, and it performed. It, it was up and going and off and had speed. And yeah, fair enough. It was good two foot, two or two to three, as in there was good bowl shapes and it had a bit of power. So I don't think it, w- it wouldn't go in like sloppy two feet. Um, but I've had it then in, in three feet, four feet, probably five or six feet as well. It, it is a class bit of kit. And it's really cool because I'm, as I'm getting older, I'm dropping liters in my go, in my sort of what we call your daily driver board. And it's been, that's been really fun. Although, Although this is the, the body bit, right? My body was whipped after my first full week of waves last week. I had a, had a, a full run of, of every day in the water for about six days on the new one. And you don't really contemplate a drop of six litres of maybe one or two serves, but you do back to back to back to back. And oh my God, that adds up. You think about it, you're six litres less floated in the water. Therefore, every paddle stroke you do will be, you get some mathematician on the show right now tell me but I don't know 2% 4% harder on each stroke I don't know something like that roughly um, didn't notice it really caught as many waves as I wanted happily but oh shit and I was <laughs> I was surfing with um, a guy called Rory Morgan who again big shout out Rory if you're listening great surfer check out his Instagram at Rory Morgan I think is that it yeah I think so something like that great local surfer really but one of our top surfers and a great great human as well and he and I were surfing a lot together on, throughout that week. And he's like 24, maybe. And he's like, oh, are you going in again? I was like, <laughs> dude, no. <laughs> that was when my age really was like, oh God, I am. I think I am getting a little a little older. I just didn't have it in me to no, go again. It, it does wear you out. But anyway, if you do back to back. But, but back I found that because I've generally surfed higher volume boards. And the few times I've been on that Almeric flyer, that's certainly under foam compared to where I've previously been. It is sometimes like you're paddling backwards. <laughs> like, am I going? I thought I was pretty paddle fit, but I seem to be I seem to be going in reverse here. It's it's humbling. I didn't know I had a reverse gear this board, oh. but it's going. The, the the thing with the thing with boards like that is if you're riding a, a sort of beachy, quite shallow but fast, fun little walls with real quick paddles back out and so on, I don't think you really feel it on those lower liter or lower literage boards uh, for, for your sort of daily driver. It's when you've got a point break or a really long, big open beach break with, with big paddles. That's when you sort of like, woo, you feel it. But the thing is with the body, anything you do with it that's challenging for it, there will be benefit. That's how it works. So just remember that when you're hating your next paddle and you're just like, oh, and you're, you're still going and you want to give up and you're not going to give up. Come on, keep going. Keep Liam and I in your mind where you're just, you're just going to be mindful and you're just going to just deal with that shit. You just keep going and going and going. Such big payoff I, I once s- you've recovered. I saw, you know Andrew Huberman, 
Yeah. Um, so uh, I watched some of his stuff, uh, was it last week, week before? Um, and he was talking about sort of uh, success in, 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 in athletic uh, prowess to an extent, you know, kind of pushing through a bit like uh, the kind of act, how, do you, how do you get to that next bit of flow state and you've got to go through pain. And it's possible, and this is where kind of athletes who are able to go at this again and again and again, it's possible to retrain your brain in those moments, exactly as you say, to enjoy, we've said it a lot ourselves as well, but he, he articulates it very well, is to enjoy the process rather than what will happen at the end. So, for example, if you go, <clears throat> I'm, I am... I am surfing for the dopamine reward of a bowl of cheesy chips at the thatch afterwards. If that's your, if that's your reward at the end, then you're going for that reward at, at the end. If you surf feeling that your reward is the pain of paddling out, eventually you'll hit some level of that response for the paddle out as much as catching the wave or the cheesy chips. So you build in, you bake into your, uh, uh, if you like, your... The, the, the arduousness, the side of the journey of, of doing something that's physically exert, exerting and exhausting and not actually pleasant at all times, you start to love the pain. And eventually, if you, if, if you, if, if you start and trigger that dopamine, so you kind of lean into that. Uh, I'll try and get a link for the, for the YouTube video that he talks through the stages of this. You can start to enjoy that bit. And that goes all the way back to the journey, if you make the journey as enjoyable as possible, it doesn't matter where you're going. It's just about, am I, am I leaning into this? Am I enjoying this? And oh, I've forgotten his name now, but uh, the guy that wrote uh, the superhuman books about flow state um, talks very much about that, 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 that a lot of the most successful people in whatever it is, business and sport and otherwise, when they hit those hard times, they lean into the grit and the determination. So like a runner that's got to tackle a hill, the elite runners, they're not thinking at the bottom of the hill, oh, it's when I get to the top, I'll feel good. They just, they've hit that hill and they're leaning in and enjoying a little bit, or at least they've learned to suffer the pain on the way up. They're not just hanging on what happens when I finish. So, so true, dude. Ha He's good, that guy ha as well. I I, Andrew Huberman's amazing. Check him out. Um, there's absolutely no question that having coached people on this very topic, you know, having been with people so many times when they're dealing with physical suffering um, and discomfort, that those people who embrace the journey, stay in the moment, do another rep, stroke another paddle, keep going, stay in the moment, stay in the moment. Those people who can do that are uh, always more successful uh, and happier overall because they're embracing. It's the, that's the big word. They're accepting and embracing that if you want the reward of whatever it is you want, like, you know, the wave and so on, there's also got to be an ongoing reward. It's, it's an incredibly draining process if you're, if you're not having fun, not having fun, not enjoying, not enjoying, not enjoying, and eventually you'll enjoy when you just get your wave. It, there's got to be this um, bring it on type of attitude to whatever happens when it happens at that time. Because we've got this thing, we've, we've spoken about this before, in the, in the, they've done so many studies on this, but you've got two groups of people in the same room all with this lighter under their hands, um, as in a, a flame. Half the group have meditated for more than 10 years and half haven't. And they don't know that about each other. It's a wonderful study, this. And um, they all had to rate the, the level of pain that they gave at the end. And the, the meditation group, 
on average gave between two and five and the non-meditating group gave between seven and nine or, or something. And that gives you that insight that it is a mindfulness journey exercise. Because it, it, it's like, if you're not present, you're going to stop. You're going to give up a hell of a lot sooner if you let that mind run wild and you let it start to dictate the sort of thing that you think you can or can't do. Because we all know we can, we can take ourselves into a deeper stretch for longer, um, into more reps with higher quality. If we, if we bring that attitude, we can catch more waves and so on. It's just, it is really a, a psychological thing. I think that the physical merely just follows along. And then the physical, what it does is it, it, it picks up the leftovers of what the mind put into something, not the other way around. And then what happens then is it's a lovely two-way snowball effect that then the body, because it got show, so shot by a present mind, that this really shocked body then goes, oh, wow, geez, I've got to start producing some hormones produces this great flood of hormones. So if you've had a mental hard surf session that night and then the next day, you're just getting this flood of growth hormone. The next time you get back in the water, your body has kicked in even more now. And then you add that to a a more, again, a present mind. And you can just keep taking it further and further and further. Um, And that's the surf journey. It's like, how many waves do you want to try and catch? How do you want to try and surf them? What kind of boards do you want to ride? How do you want to progress that to? Um... What's your uh, vibe on your current surf fitness for yourself, dude? How is that? Fe- how is that feeling? Uh, it's really interesting because yes, it, 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 I was getting you know those dialing up and up and up. I've, I've been pretty religious on the uh, home strengthening. You know, talked loads on previous shows, but uh, kettlebell strengthening. So leg work. Uh, trying my best with calves as well because that was always my weakest spot. Going back to all the early episodes and like. We the the kind of legacy of a of a of a smashed back, a broken back, and just rebuilding that chain up from ankles, boom boom, not quite as relentlessly. And I I do like the knee vo- knees over toes guys, you know, um, but trying my best, you know, and trying to just build that in to bake that into every single day. So if I have five minutes away from the desk, uh, I'll go and try and do some squats or some pull-ups or whatever it might be so and especially you know as you age I was talking to some of the guys I was with this weekend who are all, all a similar sort of age to me uh, it's building in uh, a, a kind of a weight regime a resistance regime uh, rather than a cardio regime so I've got my cardio from paddling uh, and that's re- that's there and I'm you know I'm, I'm sort of reasonably fit at that and um, and swimming um, but built, putting in weights has really kept some of my core and my uh, strength there but and here's a big but this and this is an aging thing as well it goes very very quickly so to the thing i was saying earlier about there's never a oh i'm there now it's like you're only ever just on a sort of shelf as you keep climbing the mountain and and if you don't keep your hands on whatever you've got hold of while you're on that shelf you'll go all the way you will go all the way back and even if i leave it two weeks it's 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 kind of rebuilding process to get up to those levels of, you know, well, how many squats can you do? How many uh, dips can you do? How many weighted chin-ups can you do? How many weighted push-ups can you All of that stuff goes backwards. So I think my f- fitness for surfing um, probably as well, and anybody's listened to this, we get a lot of comments on this as well. You and I are slightly different on this, is that I have to do quite a bit of entertaining and I enjoy beers and food and I just uh, exemplified as this weekend you know we build our spectator sports around 
food, beers, having a great time. And so when I indulge in that, uh, there is a period of time afterwards where I have to rebuild. However, this is something I've really kind of worked on. The sooner you throw yourself back into it, the easier it is to get back into that discipline. So, and as enjoyable as surfing, this is why surfing is a hack for this as well. Come off the train, get down to the beach, get in the water, even though it's a small wave. And the day you've come back from one of those kind of um, uh, weekends where you've enjoyed yourself uh, and and therefore maybe uh, made some... uh, you know, negative impact on your body, you start rebuilding, you start paddling, you're paddling so you're getting, you know, you're working off some of that thing. And then the next day is easier. If you, if when I don't do that and I just sort of feel sorry for myself and lounge around, it's a really hard process to get back up to the place I've, I've been. Um, but it's hard to tell. I think you, this time of year as well in the Northern Hemisphere, you feel, you, it's hard to feel as invigorated um, as when you're, you've got longer nights and you've got warm weather and your limbs and your joints and all of that synovial fluid or whatever it is that sits in those joints is lubricated because of the heat. Uh, y- your body is drinking in vitamin D. So your energy levels are, are fantastically high. Your access to natural daylight is way easier to sort of um, access. And so all your circadian rhythms in place. And so the, and, and, and it's hard to sort of pin to say, do I feel better in those instances because of all those extra things or am I fitter in those instances? And so, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to define, but I think my fitness has stayed pretty well, pretty, pretty, pretty good. But this is the test period now, isn't it? This, this period that we find ourselves in, especially in the, uh, say in the north, northern half of the globe, where dark nights, cold, wet, uh, and a festive season that demands a lot of your uh, time, energy, and then you throw work into that. It, it's 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 hard to maintain, and age does not help. And then your point about Rory being able to go again and again and again—that if you don't keep up the practice of staying fit, it disappears. That disappears very quickly. Oh yeah, dude, massively, massively. And it's this thing where I think one of the things that happens to a lot of surfers uh, and humans in general that I've worked with over the years is they sort of have this idea that you've got to do half an hour or a 45 minute or a one hour or a bit longer work out to get what fitter, stronger, more mobile, more agile, whatever it is, more balanced, less pain in your joint, whatever it might be. And that's absolute BS. And in fact, I think it's one of the biggest things that holds people back more than anything else is this idea that you've got to do a workout. It's a, such a strange concept. It's a, it's a, it, the human body is, is completely alien to this concept of workout. Mm. Um, it's not to say you don't need to lift and move and stretch and do all these things. Um, but if you integrate it into your daily routine, you are now onto a winner. Because um, there's no doubt that I think that surfers don't actually need, depending on how often a surfer actually gets in the water, I don't actually think you need a cardio routine. I don't think you need that much of that at all. Like a lot of surfers, just like we've talked about before on the show, just do loads and loads of like biking and running and things like that to stay fit for surfing. And I don't think that really is necessary because I think the way the way to stay fit for surfing is to stay injury free. And the way to stay injury free is to have a stable joint, a strong joint, because surfing's hugely demanding on the joints like that. So if you want to surf and you want to rip, you've got to have a really strong set of muscles. And that comes from lifting weights really, really well. It comes from being mobile too. So I think it's like, it's, it is yoga and it's resistance training. 
but it's just to say that you don't have to go to a one-hour yoga class or do a one-hour kettlebell class. It that's the myth because it's this time aspect that people. You know, we, the thing that we just would love more and more of, what we can't ever invent is is this thing of more time. So it's just see how you can hack your day where you can do a deep squat for a stretch when you're on a call with a client, or that then you can go for an extra walk at lunch to open up the hips as opposed to sit sitting down and having your sandwich. And and then when you get home in the afternoon and evening, it's like do a couple of hangs off a, off a, off a door frame, um, followed by maybe some couple of planks and just, you know, and, and it just it's just have it be part of your life that you're always tuning into your body. You're not letting it get super, super stiff. You're not letting it get super, super weak. You're just always topping it up, topping it up and so on. And and you, we don't need loads and loads of volume. You know, for example, today, I'll give you I'll give you a good example. I did um, one set, one good set of trap bar deadlift, um, two sets each side of, of some quality forward lunges, um, not many reps, done very, very slowly because that eccentric load is far more be- beneficial to your joints, um, which is how, you, how slowly you lower your body. And I did, um, I think, a set of dips, but again, really high eccentric load. And... I think one set of overhead presses. So that whole workout workout wasn't a workout. It was like a just a moving around the gym. It took me sort of like 10 to 15 minutes. And that's about as long as I'll ever train. Um, so it is one of the biggest myths, but I think it's just see how you can integrate it into your day. That's yeah. the biggie. And I'll say this from experience as well. I think it's you need to be able to, and anybody that's going to progress has to, has to go through this period, right? where you say, where am I making the excuses? Where am I genuinely unable to do something? And then where am I baking in excuses that protect my ego from the fact that I just haven't done it or I just can't be, haven't been bothered to do it or whatever it is. And, and I think that's where the gym thing comes in. You know, I've got to go to the gym in order to be fit. I can't get fit without going to the gym. Well, of course you can. But it's, I haven't got time. Well, Everybody has some time in their day because, and I'm, again, this is me preaching, to, talking to myself. If you've got time to scroll through your phone for, for 10 minutes, why not just do 10 minutes of press-ups or 10 minutes of chin-ups? Because that makes you feel better than doom-scrolling Instagram or Twitter or whatever else you're looking at. Dude, rather than be sat slouched with your neck coiled over, about to scroll on your phone, just put the phone down and start banging out a side plank or a deep squat. And if you just did that for a month, caught yourself every time you're just scrolling on the net, just da, 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 da. whoa, stop, boom, stick on the Mindful Surfer podcast <laughs> <laughs> and get your plank on. Get on. Get a squat going, get a couple of press But again, don't feel like you have to massively over-fatigue your system and really push your body to get gains. It's not like that. It's just being smart. That's all it means. It's just being mindful of your of your system and noticing that actually, yeah, you do need some work in there. Of course you do, but you don't need loads. And anything's better than nothing. Yeah, and well said. And everything takes time. There's Big no time. there's no, no shortcut. No, no, you work at it. You work at it. But listen, guys, it has been wonderful to be here. Nice to be again. back. And fresh um, fresh out of the water. My hair's dried. Yeah. My phone is absolutely destroyed because I dropped it on the floor. Look at that. Oh, nice. Yeah. You had a good crack there, dude. Good crack. So um, that's not what people say when I usually get out of the <laughs> Nice way to finish, dude. Nice way to finish. Have a have a cracking two weeks. Hey, <laughs> 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 I will see you next time. See ya. Bye.